I'd like to welcome everyone signing on with us, video or podcast. Welcome. Thanks for joining us this morning. Everyone in the back of the room, come on back to your seats. Buenos dias. Está bien. <laughs> Gosh, it's so hard not speaking Spanish, or at least trying to speak Spanish. As soon as we got back, everybody talking in English to us, was, it was actually really weird. Yeah, it's really weird. It is my great joy to welcome you today. My name is Josh Houston. I'm one of the pastors here at City Reach LA. We are currently in the middle of a sermon series uh, for the month of August called Redeeming Relationships. Two weeks ago, I preached on redeeming sex. Last week, Nick preached on peacemaking. And today, I was going to preach on divorce. But while we were on our trip, I really felt the Lord put on my heart that I needed to take this sermon and just set it aside because our people needed to hear what happened in Colombia. Um, and that it needed to be more of an update during announcements. It needed to be more than just that. So today, we're going to share about our trip. Uh, first off, thank you to everyone who gave and prayed. Thank you, thank you. Our team, we went as an extension of our church. Um, it wasn't just eight individuals um, and my friend Fish. It was our church sending our team to Columbia to minister. So thank you for your generosity. Um, and you're going to hear a little bit more about what we did. Last week, um, our church sent a team of eight people to serve at an orphanage just outside Pereira, Colombia. Uh, it's an orphanage that's connected with Evangelism Alive. Um, they're an organization that Carol and Ramon Bibliona, or Babylonia started decades ago in Colombia. Um, and the director of the orphanage, her name is Rubiella, she's a close friend of the Babylonias. Um, and we, have the, we had the privilege of hearing her story at one point during the trip. We got to just sit in a room and we asked if she could share, share her story with us. And it was two hours later, we were all mouths dropped um, faith-inspired, and I wanted to share some of that story with you because it really frames the work that we did there and what we jumped into. She was born in this Colombian ghetto. She was introdu introduced to Jesus at a very young age. Um, she was baptized at a young age by Ramon, the missionary. I don't know if you guys were here. Let's see. It was back at McKinley Elementary a long time ago, a year ago maybe. We were in the cafeteria. Carol and Ramon came, shared about what they were doing. So Ramona actually baptized her, but at 12 years old, she was recruited to a, or by a communist terrorist militia group. Um, they were promising her a better life, promising her an education, and they said, yeah, we want to train you, we want to educate you, so they sent her to Cuba during the early 90s and trained her how to be a, a military official. Um, she quickly became this high-ranking officer, um, and she was the real deal. It was... <laughs> So much so that at one point, Pablo Escobar sent Sicario to kill her. This, this lady was legit. Um, kind of intimidating a little bit. <laughs> She's just like, what, what do you think she is? Like late 50s, early 60s? After years in this life of, of communism, terrorism, guerrilla warfare, uh, God got her attention through some pretty crazy experiences, and she ran away from it all. Uh, the president of Colombia... Um, the powers in Colombia gave her pardon for everything that she had done, um, and she started doing street ministry. God gripped her heart for 
the broken, for the homeless, for the addicted, for the poverty-stricken, for trafficked individuals, and the kids especially, they grabbed her attention. Um, She was gut-wrenched over the kids that were lost on the streets in Colombia. So she began taking these kids into her own home. Um, I've been in the church world my entire life, and I haven't seen the faith of this woman um, in many people. Um, She was incredible. She was very intimidating, but she was filled with, it was like this Mother Teresa that would kick you in the face if you were standing in between her and a child. Like it was, it was like deep passion and faith, but like raw power too. At one point she had taken 20 kids into her home. They were staying with her from the streets and she started asking God for more provision Um, And she said, God has never not provided, whether it was food or clothing, money. She was literally praying one day, God, how am I going to feed these kids tonight? She she said she was, it was raining outside. She was like this praying. And she's like, if I could only, I don't remember what the the amount was, whatever the dollar amount was or the peso amount was. I just need this much to feed the kids. She said her eyes were closed. And literally, a do- like that dollar bill landed on her face from like these type of stories of God's provision providing over and over. 24 years ago, she began the orphanage we served at. Um, and some of the, it's so radical, some of the first kids that she had in her home, that first 20 are now like serving at the orphanage, taking care of the kids. And at this point, they have about, they had a 40 kids at the orphanage, roughly 40 Um, that they continue to care for, these abandoned kids from all over South America. You're going to hear a lot of stories today. You're going to hear a lot of how it impacted us, and there's a sense of, like, I want to share, and there's a sense of words don't do justice to what we experienced, to the transformation that happened in our own hearts, to the the compassion that was was pulled out of us. Um, As a church, so first of all, you guys, as a church, we gave... A bunch to get our team there. It cost a lot of money to get our team there. And the church stepped up and provided. God gave through our church. It was awesome. But then on top of that, the church gave even more. And we were able to take underwear, socks, bras, towels, these indestructible soccer balls. They're awesome. I played more soccer with these kids than I've played in years. It was so good. These like, yeah, they were great. We brought candy. We brought a bunch of ministry supplies. We brought Bibles. While we were there, um, our team left a cash gift just for the staff. We were like, we brought spending money because we went out one day, and we were like, we don't even really want to buy that much now, you know? We wanted a few souvenirs, but we ended up giving like a significant cash gift to the staff to bless the staff. And then on top of all of that, we had even more money come in from our church than was necessary to get our team there and to buy supplies. So we've got, we're going to be able to write a decent check to be able to help provide for the construction of the nursery that they have to build is government mandated. Um, and we were able to walk into the room and they were saying, this is, this is the room that like we're building the nursery on top of. So like, I just want to say thank you to our church. Financially, our church stepped up in such a profound way. You know, I've been on trips like this before. I've been on missions trips. I've been out of the country. You know, you build something, you do some really good work, you, you build some relationships, you do stuff in the name of Jesus and you go home this trip was different, though. There was something. There was something extra to this. You know, we were talking with Rubiella. She's the director, and she said groups come and go. Um, she said this one felt like family, though. There was a different spirit about this group. 
And she said the way we connected with the kids at the home, she hadn't seen that before. With the groups that come, she hadn't seen the type of connection, the type of care, the type of compassion, the type of love that we showed up with. They hadn't seen that before. And I could share for hours, literally I could share for hours about the trip. I want to talk with you personally about what happened on the trip. But I also want you to hear from the team. So what we're going to do today is I'm going to call them up one by one. And they get two to three minutes, guys. I'm not preaching. Just two to three minutes just to hear a little bit of what happened in their own hearts or maybe the story of a, of a kid that they connected with. So Topher, we're going to start with you, bud. Come on up. Cristobal. That's my name in Spanish. So pretty quickly, one of the themes that came up at the, um, at the orphanage was this theme of generosity. I saw it within our team, but I also saw it within the, the people at the orphanage. And I remember doing a Devo and mentioning it there. Um, but as I sat with it, coming back from the trip, um, there's this story that came to my mind in the Bible, the New Testament. I don't know where it's at don't know what it's called, but it's uh, when the woman takes her perfume and washes, his, or washes Jesus' feet with the perfume. And it's just like this extravagant giving of something that is extremely valuable to her, um, to someone that she's made a connection with. And I'm not sure exactly how those got connected in my mind, but it basically reminded me of these kids in the way that they gave so extravagantly to us, not just in, um, in the relationship that we, de- we developed with them, but um, I'm sure this story will come up from the rest of the team, but the last night um, we were writing letters for the kids and just like goodbye letters, like, hey, it was nice to meet you or whatever, I don't know what other people put, but um, just a simple like gesture to say, hey, we love you guys. We hope, um, we hope that you guys keep doing well because um, you guys are living a good life here. Um, but thank you for letting us come and be with you. Um, so what they did in response was they all went and wrote letters and gave them to us about how much um, we meant to them. I was translating one of the letters uh, a, a girl wrote for me last night and I, I think she may have spelled a couple words wrong because Google Translate wasn't picking them up. But uh, it was basically something about, like, may God have, like, may the mercies of God, like, go with you. And just, like, an extreme, extremely nice um, blessing and benediction for me. Uh, she wrote one for Jackie, too, and there was, it was hard to translate that one as well. But the other thing they did was they went and got their stuffed animals, and they started giving them to us as this gift of, like, how can we thank you enough? This is what I have. So take this, be blessed by it. And it was the most moving thing that I've ever seen in my life. It was just radical generosity. Um, and that sort of thing kind of kept weaving in and out um, throughout the trip and just the way that they provided food for us. We didn't, we didn't have to worry about anything like that. Um, it was a great place to just be and connect with these people and um, be the kingdom of God together. Um, so yeah, that's what I wanted to share was the generosity. 
you have to you have to take one of the team members aside and ask about that final night. There wasn't. There's not a place for it to get filed in my brain. I don't know where to put it. These kids coming out little by little, taking the only thing they own, and and giving it to us as this expression of sacrifice and love. I came home with like eight stuffed animals in my bag. We were worried at the airport that they, that they were going to stop us because we got bags full of, coming from Colombia with bags full of stuffed animals. We're like, I swear, there's nothing in them, right? But um, just sharing with Aria, like, we have to give these things a new home. We have to give these animals a new home now. Can you take care of them? These are from my friends at Colombia. Got to hear about it from some of the other team members. Karen, come on up, girl. And Bubbles. <laughs> I can try to put her here, maybe. Maybe she'll sit there. Yeah, Amber will babysit for me. Thank you, Amber. That's Bubbles. So, uh, as Josh said, there's no place to put all this. There's so much, you guys. I, I can't even, I don't even know where to start. Um, I got one earring on. This was one of the gifts from one of the staff members. You guys, out of all of their need, they were giving us stuff. It just blows my mind. And I'm like, I never have room to complain about anything in my life. I'm so blessed. should never complain. And the, but the joy, and they had nothing. Some of these kids literally had like two shirts. There was, <laughs> there was a little boy running around. They didn't, some of them didn't have jackets or coats, and it was chilly. It was, it was like 50-something at night or when it was raining. It was cold for us because we're, you know, weather wimps. But this one little boy is running around in a turquoise women's sweater and not caring about it. And we just, I mean, it was adorable. And we were just like laughing at him because it was just so freaking cute. And it looked great on his skin tone. It was fantastic. But I think I, there's so much to learn from this. Um, I'll just tell you one little story. I was, uh, they were doing their homework and I sat down next to a little boy to try and help him, unless it's math and then, whew, we don't want that. <laughs> That's a bad choice. But I saw right before, he, he quickly grabbed it and he rolled it up so that I couldn't see it and it was a letter to his mother. And I probably can't tell this without crying, and I'm not a crier, so. And it just said, I miss you, I love you, you're beautiful, I can't wait to see you again. And he rolled it up, and, and I'm like, I don't know if you're ever going to see that. I didn't say that, of course, to him, but I'm like, I don't know if he's ever going to see her again. And I just, I can't even wrap my head around that. So I quickly grabbed some string, and I helped him roll it back up, and we tied a string around it so that he could keep his little wishes and hopes. But you guys, it's, it's life-changing. What Topher said about generosity, we can never match that. It's, it's, the, it's the story about the woman who gave so little, but it was all she had. That's all they had. And I'm like, if I could, now knowing what I know, go back, I mean, I would have like seven suitcases of stuff for them because they just need, they need brushes. Like, they shared, like, one comb out of all the girls. Like, so don't tell Fish, but I gave one little girl my brush. 
Don't tell. Don't tell. Um, sorry, fish. Um, but they're going to share it. I promise. Um, it, it, it's just that simplicity. And then I, I'm like, I get tripped up on the stupidest, most mundane things in my life. And I'm like, oh, I got to start trying to put my head in that space of just being joyful and grateful and just sitting in that simplicity. That's what I'm trying to learn from. Karen, Karen did, watching her with the babies there, these little babies that are teething, drooling, it's not coming out of their noses, holding these babies that have been in, diaper, in a diaper for way too long, and she's just like letting them chew on her fingers as teething. They don't have teething, tool, teething toys. It's, Karen's finger was a teething toy all week long. It was really beautiful. Speaking about homework, watching Topher try to, <laughs> he was helping um, Valentina, he can't, I walked up and he was helping Valentina with some homework and he's like, hey, how do you think we could do, like, I, I'm trying to explain decimals to her and I'm like, I love math. I'm like, math, yeah, like this, whoa, there's a translation gap here too. Good luck, man. Have fun with that. <laughs> it was radical. Topher's gentleness on the trip was beautiful. Beautiful with those kids. So good. Katie, come on up, girl. I really don't have a lot of words. Um, in fact, uh, most of the time that I was with these kids, I couldn't <laughs> really speak the language. Um, but let me tell you about these kids. I'm, I'm very much a people watcher. I love watching people. And these kids, Oh my goodness, they're angels and mischievous elves at the same time. They're kids, that's what kids are. And, um, you know, there's not a lot of adults there. There's like, what, 50 kids? It felt like 50, there was a bunch. Um, and it was amazing to watch them with one another. Like the older girls were watching the babies. They were taking care of them. The older boys were watching the younger boys. Like one kicked another in the shin. And so they took the one who kicked and took him out and, you know, disciplining him. Like they were a family. They were a unit. Like these kids had only each other to rely on. And it was, it was like, you know, like amazing how they just kind of were a family, like all of them. Like there were a few brothers and sisters there, like by blood, but they were all brothers and sisters. And it's amazing. They, they let us come and be a part of that, be a part of their family. That's a big deal. These kids have, like they suffered so much pain, so much pain because of their family trauma and, and the fact that they allowed us to be a part of their family, even for a week, that in itself is a miracle. Like what everybody said at the very end, well, I had gotten very sick 
I was very ill the last few days of our trip, and I couldn't really be out the last night. So I was laying down in our room, and thinking, <laughs> every two minutes, someone was knocking at the door, and they're like, Kati, Kati, Kati. And I'm like, what is this? <laughs> I have to get out of bed? And so I open the door, and there's these little kids with notes and stuffed animals. And so I would be like, thank you, thank you. And I'd go back, lay down. Another knock at the door. And they're like, Kati, Kati, Kati. More stuffed animals, more notes. And I'm like, I have to get up. So I, I got up, dragged myself over. And oh my goodness, like there was just this hugging and these tears. They had made us their family and they were saying goodbye to family and it was the most heart-wrenching thing you could possibly do saying goodbye to someone who you have made your family and i have cried so much on that trip i am not a crier but i feel like i cried every day that trip that's saying something but even beyond just the kids. I remember when we first started fundraising for this trip, there was this story of this girl that um, uh, Carol and Ramon had shared with us. And listening to this little, or hearing about this little girl's story, like one of the first girls Rubiella had brought into her home, it, something inside me snapped, you know, because I didn't know why I was going to Colombia. I was like, why not? And, but then I read this story of this little girl who had been, she was like five years old and had been raped several times before coming to the home. And um, I got to meet her. And what's crazy, I didn't know it was her until later. And, and she, she's now a, a married woman with her own son. She actually married Rubiella's son. And she, I didn't know who she was, but on Sunday she came up and she prayed over me and she prophesied over me and she blessed me so much. And it was amazing, this level of connection with this woman and who I didn't even know yet is she was part of the reason why I went to Colombia. And the fact that I met her and that she blessed me. Was so powerful. I can't tell you how much the Holy Spirit was there. In our meetings with the staff in the meetings with these kids. This wasn't us. This had nothing to do with us. I think God was in this trip from the very beginning. Like, we're such an odd group. We really were, like, just, just so many different personalities. And yeah, I have 30 seconds. <laughs> but the point is, God was with us on this trip. And he really showed up. And it's amazing.
it's amazing. Like, we just kept praying and praying. Like, even, you know, we went to go to someone's home, and there was just so much prayer, so much prayer. And Rubiella was like, amen, amen, amen. <laughs> like, we're done praying. <laughs> but it's just amazing to see what the family of God can be like. And I just pray and I hope that I can be like that wherever I go, that I can be a, a, a member of the family of God no matter where I go, no matter what country, because we're all one family and we take care of each other. I walked, I walked by Katie at one point, and she was sitting with, I think, four or five kids. She pulls out cards. She's like, I'm going to teach you go fish. She says that in English, and I was like, sure you are. <laughs> Came back 10 minutes later. They're stinking playing go fish. These kids are like, go fish. Like, how did you do that, Katie? That was amazing. <laughs> oh, man. All right, Kuros, you ready? Come on up, sir. Thank you. Uh, first of all, even though I think everything has been said already, but I want to start again by what uh, Reverend Josh uh, started. Thank you, church family. Uh, really, really thank you because we couldn't have done it without you. Uh, thank you, Reverend Josh, uh, uh, you know, for putting all this together, the meetings we had before, and taking care of us over there. And also, when uh, and if you are listening, uh, Reverend fish uh, for everything that he did. It was very meticulous, planned right, it was an ad hoc, and uh, all that was very important, especially when you go over there. Uh, I think everything has been said, and probably uh, the rest of the team, they are going to uh, say what they need to say, uh, but the one thing that sticks to my mind is the night that we got there, very late, 10.30 uh, in the evening, it was maybe even later, uh, this bumpy rope, you know, uh, uh, in the bus, uh, uh, it, was a, uh, it looked like for hours the road itself, it, but it wasn't uh, because it was not paved. As soon as the car, uh, we were kind of all half sleepy or whatever, but as soon as the car pulled in through the door, uh, the gate, I should say, the kids were all up on both sides and they're screaming and waving and all that. And that was very moving. And that's the thing that really got stuck uh, into my head. Other than that, what I can say is, you know, everything has been said, you know, the same things, you know, that uh, Reverend Josh uh, gives us a sermon every day or every Sunday or whenever we see him. Uh, it really was, uh, to me, the living of a Bible story. Uh, that a biblical story that, you know, he was saying. Love, compassion, uh, faith, uh, uh, justice, injustice, a sacrifice, servitude, you know, that, you know, that being a good servant, uh, that uh, honestly, you know, with all due respect to everyone in the team, the real servants are the ones who are over there, uh, day and night, 24 seven, uh, taking care of themselves and taking care of the kids. We were just there uh, for a week. Uh, it makes you reflect upon what you have, which, you know, uh, this was supposed to say, you know, how the lives over there touched us. It touched us in a way that, you know, uh, you see all these, uh, and I can't say really they were uh, 
poverty, you know, on a scale of one to ten, uh, maybe four or five, because uh, you can see even more other places. Uh, but the fact of the matter is, you know, that they all took good care of themselves, uh, and. Um, uh, Senor Ramon, uh, Rubiella, etc., etc. They are the ones, you know, to be uh, given credit for what they, you know, on a daily basis, 24/7, and also they are looking ahead to expand what they are doing uh, forever and ever. Uh, so, uh, and the thing that you know, uh, uh, really, if I have to bring it back, is just the. Uh, reinforcement of the idea that you know uh, you know we talk about love care understanding etc uh, start today uh, with your close ones you know your family uh, and then um, you know your community etc because tomorrow it may be too late uh, just a little smile a little hug uh, you know some of the hugs I got over there almost broke my back uh, you know they were just uh, uh, you know uh, waiting for that and uh, just connecting with the kids and you really didn't need to speak Spanish you know uh, the language of love and compassion and you know you could just look through the eyes of the kids and they would look at you and um, uh, that's that's all it was needed you know you could connect right away uh, there was a lot of tears at the end when we were leaving of course, and uh, just looking at these images, you know, the mindset, you know, I, uh, you know, I go back right to the different spots that we were, and of course, uh, as far as the team is concerned, uh, we had the devos every morning, and you know, we did a good reflection at the end of every evening. So spiritually, it was also a big growth for all of us. Uh, but once again, thank you, church family. You've been wonderful, uh, and. Uh, it couldn't have been done without you guys, and uh, I'm sure the blessings will go to all of you also. Thank you. Very well said. Thank you, Kuros. Yeah, I think it's important, too, to note that our job when we went there was not to be the American saviors. We did not try to do that. We weren't bringing Jesus to them. We showed up with supplies and we wanted to find out what Jesus was doing in Colombia and partner with that work. We wanted to empower the workers that are there. We wanted them to remember Jesus when we left. Um, the thing we kept saying, a lot of us kept saying at the last night, I love you very much, but God loves you so much more. And I'm leaving tomorrow, but God is going to be here with you, and he's going to be with you forever. God loves you por siempre. <laughs> he's with you forever. He loves you forever. That's a really, really important note. It was fun to watch Kuros just like looking around like, where is everybody? You know, there, there, there. Kuros is off with a few kids just talking, like just mystery man over there, having conversations, probably teaching them the secrets of the world and everything, you know. All right, Dan, come on up, brother. Good morning, everybody. Um, <laughs> Buenos dias, manager. <laughs> Manager, uh, you're probably going to hear a lot of the Colombian team go like, manager! That's Manija is a bracelet that uh, they made for us. Anyway, um, I wanted to share a little bit of what God was doing in me. Um, I could say so much, like the team, so many stories, like the team has been sharing of uh, the kids and the workers there. Um, but it's funny, actually, Josh mentioned we didn't come here to be like the American saviors. Um, and bringing Jesus to them. 
I actually wasn't planning on going on this trip, and what, uh, what solidified it in my heart was when Josh and Fish were explaining um, and just casting the vision for what we're doing, what we're going to be doing there. And uh, they, they framed it in such a way that many missions trips, uh, American missions trips, we go with this mindset of what we're going to do. Uh, like, we're going to go build a well. We're going to go build a church. We're going we're gonna to go provide a service so that we're, we feel like we've accomplished something and then go, which is, which is great. Like, that's really incredible. Um, but I think it kind of caters to our, to our hero mindset, you know, of like, okay, well, I, you guys have a need, and I'm providing that need in the name of Jesus, but, but it's me. Um, and then I'm going to go home and feel, feel good about myself. <laughs> And maybe that's a little bit of a, a skeptical view of it, but um, when Josh and Fish were explaining what we're going to be doing there, we aren't going to be going to do that. We're just going to go spend time and love on kids. And that, I felt like God was kind of tugging on my heart of Dan, just kind of bringing me back to the start, uh, to the cost and to the freedom of what he's actually called us to do. Um, for years, I've been as involved as I can be, uh, and I, God was really challenging um, my mindset and my approach to how I serve him and how I love other people, because most of it is based off of what I am doing, you know, get involved in this, serve in that way, serve in 10 different teams until you can't do it anymore, um, kind of thing. Uh, and I was... confronted with like the, the selfish nature of my service, if that makes sense. Like the, the I'm doing this because this is how I can feel good about my, my walk with God. This is what God is doing in me and this is what God is gonna do through me and this is how I prove that I am his disciple, that I love him. And, uh, and seeing, hearing Rubiella's story, the fact that the life she walked away from, she's literally putting herself, her life, in, at risk of death, you know, and to continue to do the work that she has done rescuing these kids is a dangerous job. Um, and to see these kids who the world around them, for the most part, only views them as valuable to the degree that they can be exploited, um, I just was kind of reminded of uh, Doctor Strange. <laughs> uh, say what you will about the Marvel comic universe, but there is a very powerful scene where he is talking with his mentor, and she says, your, feel, your, your sense of self-importance and your fear of failing has kept you from learning the most significant lesson of all, and that is that it's not about you. <laughs> and I was just confronted with the fact of, oh, this isn't about me. This isn't about like what I can do. This isn't about me proving how much I love God. Um, it's about being with the least of these. It's about loving a child in the name of Jesus. And, uh, and that costs everything, but it's worth everything. Um, just reminded of the story of Jesus. Uh, Jesus tells about the sheep and the goats and how at the end, people will be separated into these two categories, and to one, he's gonna say, 
thank you, you visited me when I was in prison. Thank you, you fed me when I was naked. You, uh, or you clothed me when I was naked. You fed me and gave me drink when I was thirsty and hungry. Uh, and the end all of it is that whatever you've done to the least of these in my name, you've done unto me. Uh, and it's, it's just not about us. It's about being where Jesus is and seeing what Jesus sees and caring like Jesus cares. So that is what God was doing in me. And uh, I just really want to thank you guys for making that possible and for partnering. That's not just what God is doing in me. Like all these stories isn't just stuff that we got to participate in. You all got to participate in that. Um, and I, I pray that, that uh, you guys get that sense of blessing also from the Lord. That's great. Thanks. Thanks, Dan. Dan's often in, with the kids on Sundays, so I actually never get to see Dan with the kids. I see him just like, hanging around and stuff, but not actually with the kids. And this week I got to see like Dan, the kids pastor, come in. I was like, wow, he's so good. He's so good. And it's true. We, um, it's funny, when we were raising support, you know, people kept asking, well, what are you guys going to do? We're going to play with the kids. I know, but like you're going to build something or, no, we're going to play with the kids. And there was this kind of pushback, actually. Like, you know, I'd like to see more than that done. From some people, like, I literally got responses back from some people. Like, that's awesome. That's great. But um, I hope you guys do more than that. These kids, it was like they were looking for a hug every chance they could. I've never experienced something like that before. It was like any opportunity, they had a reason to come run up and give a hug. They, they just wouldn't get off of us. They were just lacking so much physical touch, some passion. So, yeah, we loved on kids. We did other stuff too, but we just got to look, look them in the face and say, you're valuable, you're worth something. Even though somebody else abandoned you, I'm going to hug you and tell you that Jesus loves you and you're valuable as a person. That's so beautiful. Gail. Come on up, girl. This was a trip of many firsts for Gail. So, so very proud of her. Um, I'm not really good at public speaking, so... Um, so even though Pastor Josh told me that he's not going to be in Facebook Live, <laughs> Found out we could do it, so. So anyway, I'm just going to read through this. I learned a lot from this trip. God has urged me to go on this trip even though I had many oppositions, so I had to find out why God is urging me to go. God has blessed me so much that I want to be a blessing to the kids. I found out that God wanted me to open my heart and give love to the kids wholeheartedly. There was this girl who was fun-loving, creative, and kind-hearted. Her name is Lena. And on our first few days, she started making bracelets for all of us, which she calls manijas. And but we could not pronounce it right, so we ended up saying managers, and she would ask me to help her do it. She likes to argue with the team and play games. She always asks, how do you say a word in English? 
and she would say, Come se <laughs> She oh um but as the days pass and we were about to leave, she kept telling me that she'll be crying when we leave. I mentioned to her that even though we're gone, God is always there and loves her so much. And this is my first mission trip. I actually learned so much from the team, how to serve, how to love the kids wholeheartedly. And I'm really grateful for that. On our last day, we were given beautiful letters of love and stuffed toys. So instead of me being a blessing to these kids, I was so touched and blessed by these kids instead. They will remain in my heart forever. It is truly a life-changing trip for me and so grateful for the church for being able to go. So proud of you, Gail. Gail had reservations from the beginning, even wanting to go. Reservations on the trip, and she just kept pushing. She kept trying. She led a devotional for us in the morning. She, watching her with, with that girl, Lena, was incredible. It's incredible. The service. We've got a Mother Teresa in our, in our church. I'm not joking. She is. And she kept coming to me saying, Josh, we're supposed to be blessing these kids, and they keep blessing me. <laughs> I feel like I'm receiving more from them than I'm giving to them. Like, that's how, kind of how it works. You know, as you serve, as you love in Jesus' name, you get filled up. It's, it's paradoxical, but it's true. And these kids had so much to give. I don't just mean stuff. They had nothing to give, but they had so much to give to us. So beautiful. I'm really proud of you, Gail. Amber, you want to wrap this up? Whoa, bring that back. I have prepared a speech. I'm just kidding. Um, how many minutes do I have? Two? I'll talk fast. Okay, so the first thing I'm going to say is thank you to everybody that gave. Uh, that I know that everybody else has said that, but um, it was such an impactful trip on my life. And I think the good news is, uh, look around. This is our church family, but we have a second church family in um, South America. And that was definitely felt when we left. Uh, in fact, I feel very homesick even today. Um, when I got to my house on Friday, I, I just cried for like a good 45 minutes because I just didn't want to be there. Um, and if somebody would tell me, hey, I'll take care of your apartment, don't worry about your job, who cares about your car, I would pack my bags today and go back. And I mean that. Um, nothing could have prepared me for what I was going to experience. And I told Fish, sorry, I told Fish like, hey, I just expected to come here to love on the kids like we do sometimes on Sundays and then like goodbye. And of course it would be a sweet experience, but um, I left, I think my whole heart <laughs> in Columbia. Um, I know Chris talked about it, but like the night that we got there, we had traveled for a really long time, like 10.30 at the airport. I think we got there at 10.30, so 11, 12, maybe like one the next day, so a long time. And we got there and they were like hanging on the gate and screaming and yelling and coming to the bus and like the bus was still moving but the kids were still coming and we got off and they were kissing us immediately um, and they were just telling us like welcome and I was just like oh my gosh uh, this is crazy and now I know what Kendrick Lamar feels like when he goes on tour 
Um, but it was just crazy. And we spent seven days speaking the most terrible Spanish ever. Like, you go, I come, hair, pretty, all kinds of crazy stuff. Um, and I'm sure that they were really tired of trying to figure out what we were saying by the time that we left. Um, but it was just such an incredible experience. I think the kids that are there are amazing. And I think um, kids, just to be very clear, are not my favorite group of people, to be honest with you. Uh, I love them, but, you know, whatever. And so I will tell you that um, never in my life have I felt such love for people that I didn't know. Um, there is a kid named Dylan, and uh, honestly, if I could have put Dylan in my suitcase, I would have. And in fact, at the airport, Dan was sitting behind my suitcase, and I leaned down, and I was like talking to Dan, and Topher goes, who's in your suitcase? Is that Dylan? And I was like, I, yeah, I hope he makes it back. Um, but I think like for me, uh, there's nothing that I wanted to do except for go to bed and get up as quickly as possible to go be with the kids. I wanted them to braid my hair and play one, two, three ninja, which by the way, if you don't know that game, Dan can teach you. Uh, we played hand games. We jumped rope. We played go fish. Like that was my life for a week. I didn't worry about work. Uh, I don't know how I'll even go to work uh, tomorrow because now somebody's biggest problem is going to be their latte is too heavy or their cappuccino is too heavy. And that's not a problem for me. Like i it's just not a problem. And so I just think, like, the impact, and please, like, if you want to know more, I would be totally willing to share. But going there, we had no mirror. I wore some crazy outfits. I called them my missionary outfits. Uh, I took no makeup. I didn't care about my hair. Like, those are things that are important to me, honestly. But I did fix my hair one day in, like, the side mirror of a truck. And... Uh, it was just, like, so incredible to just not care about yourself. I didn't care about anything that had to do with me. I just wanted to love those kids. And for me, I think there's, like, such a – even, like, watching the pictures of these kids and, like, knowing their names and knowing some of their stories, and they were willing to share their stories with us, like, hey, I don't know where my mom is, or this person, this person, this person is my brother. And we all have different dads, and I don't even know the different dads. Um, but – we don't know where our mom is. Uh, it was just such an incredible and life-changing experience. And I think for me personally, um, I've had a really hard year. And I've suffered what feels like a lot of loss. And in fact, I'm, I'm learning that through this process, it's allowed me to gain so much. Um, and, and if that hadn't happened to me, then maybe I wouldn't have went on this trip. And maybe I wouldn't have been able to connect with these kids like I was able to connect with them. And I think it's the first time in my whole life that I felt like enough that I didn't feel I was lacking anything. Um, and I, I told Josh that on the way back, and I was like, I don't know how I'm going to go back to my old life. I don't want to. I don't want to be here right now. I want to be there. Um, and I want to tell you about my favorite story really quick. So Dylan is my, I mean, literally. I wish, I could, I wish Dylan was there now, but it's just Josh and I. Um, one day they went to school, it was like a Tuesday, and we all had been there, and I don't know what we were doing, but they were coming back, and I guess they walked to school, I'm not really sure, and they're walking down the hill, and there's a kid, Dylan, and Mateo, his best friend, and they're walking, and they, they like come around the corner, and they say, Amber, and their eyes just lit up, and they ran, and they hugged me, and I was just like, this is why I'm alive, and this is my purpose, and I don't know how I'm going to get back to my purpose, and I think at first I was like, okay, I need to adopt Dylan, like, how does that happen, and now, 
I'm like, I can't just adopt Dylan. I have to go back there because that's where they all are. And I can't bring Dylan and his two brothers because it cannot be a single mother of three. But I do think that God's doing something big in me with this place specifically. And I know that our church is going to continue to stay connected because they were really like our family. And um, I just want to say again, like, I have left my entire heart there. And I would love to share more of what God's done in my life and what he did on this trip with you guys more than four minutes. But it was definitely a life changer. And I, like, want to go get the Colombian flag tattooed on me. Like, I never want to forget it. Um, and, I, and I'm and i so scared that I will. You know, it was kind of like a great dream. And I, I'm like, oh, my gosh, I just can't, if you've ever had one, that you don't want to forget. That's how I feel. I just don't want to forget every moment that we felt there because it was just absolutely amazing. So thank you guys again for giving. And um, it's definitely not going to be my last trip there. Thanks, Amber. About three-quarters of the way through the trip, I was talking with Amber saying, I've never seen you more where you're supposed to be. I've seen her at Starbucks. I've seen her with friends at the beach. I've seen her at church. I've seen her running things. And I've never seen her more like what she was purposed for. So that's, I'm very excited to see whatever happens a year from now, 10 years from now. Amber's not going to be the same. Team's not going to be the same. Micah 6.8 says, what does the Lord require of you? to do justice, to love mercy, and to walk humbly with your God. And I think sometimes we overcomplicate being a Christian. It's really that simple. Christianity is pretty simple. Be all about justice. Be all about mercy. Be all about humility. And as a church, this matters to us. Local and global mission matters to us. We care deeply, deeply about our city and our nation and our world becoming more whole, becoming more redeemed. So we intentionally put our hearts out there and identify with the longings of the broken and the poor and the marginalized, the forgotten, the excluded. I want to remind us regularly that there's a global responsibility. We have a global responsibility as part of the human family. These are God's kids, all of them. They're God's kids to put ourselves out there socially, to care for economics and racial justice. You know, Martin Luther King Jr. said over and over again, injustice anywhere is a threat to justice everywhere. So we make local and global justice a part of what we do and who we are. We join grassroots movements. Where this is not the only thing we've touched locally and nationally and globally. This, the mission is part of who we are. We, we put ourselves into that fight. We put ourselves into that struggle. Our church exists to know Jesus and to make him known. And you can't do that without mission. You can't do that without touching the heart of somebody else, without putting your, pulling your heart outside of your body and giving it to somebody. So we care for the needs of the people in our church, and we look beyond us. We look outward to meet the needs of our city and our nation and our world, and we're going to continue this kind of work as a church, whether it's in L.A. or it's in Columbia. And I just got a feeling we're going back. The team kept asking me one day in, two days in, three days in. We're coming back, right? We're coming back, right? I just want to bring a gang of people. Where do we go from here? First off, we pray. I want to ask you to pray for these kids. I want to ask you to pray for the staff, to pray, to pray for Rubiella and Carol and Ramon. If we, haven't, if we haven't prayed, we haven't jumped into the work of Jesus. He's a prayer. 
It's our first job. And then we give financially and through supplies. And we're going to be doing this in the future. Like I said, we're going to be blessing the, the orphanage with a, a check to help build the nursery that they need to build. But we're going to be doing more. I don't know what that looks like, but we're going to be doing more. I'm connecting with the, the foundations, you know, the, the president and um, and in and, and communication with them. How do we continue to be a part of this, this relationship? This isn't one of those, like, we go and then we come back and tell you a story and then we get back to our lives. There's something here. I don't know what that means, but there's something here. So we're going to be asking about how we give financially, about how we give stuff, supplies, how we go back. That's, that's part of it. And then we go. And I want to challenge you to, to pray about going on a trip like this in the future, whether it's Colombia or another country. Trips like this, they provide an opportunity to make the dif- make a difference in the lives of other people, but it's always so, I don't know why we're so surprised, but we're transformed every time we go. You can't come home the same. You can't live your life the same. You can't be part of church the same. They transform you in the process. So I, I want to challenge that with our church. I mean, we could, you know, on top of that, have a conversation with somebody who went. Longer than four minutes. (laughs) Tell me one of the kids' names and their story and what happened. I want our church to be gripped by these kids and by the staff. We pray, we give, we go. What does the Lord require of you? To do justice. To love mercy, to walk humbly with God. Will you all stand with me? And if you're comfortable doing so, I want to invite you to open your palms in a receiving posture to receive the benediction today. May you, City Reach LA, be filled with such faith, such compassion, that our Heavenly Father may entrust unto us great influence, great wealth, great power. Not that we would hoard it for our own pleasure and our own privilege, but in order that we may join Him as he redeems and he liberates the world he loves so very much. I pray God's rich blessing over you this day. In the name and spirit of Jesus, the risen one. Amen. Go in grace, friends.